I'm John Tarleton, host of the Independent News Hour here on WBAI 99.5 FM, uh, along with co-host Amba Gagarian. In our next segment, we're going to uh, look at a p- local a political race uh, happening out in uh, East New York in Assembly District 60, where that uh, s- assembly seat, which had been held for the previous eight years by Charles Barron, was vacated when... Uh, Charles Barron uh, moved to the city council at the beginning of this year. Uh, uh, Charles Barron and his wife, Inez Barron, have been a very prominent uh, political actors out in East New York, uh, operating uh, well outside of the uh, Brooklyn uh, uh, party machine and uh, pursuing their own independent politics. And now it, in that in, there's a special election in Assembly District 60, which will be held two weeks from today, February 15th. And it's a showdown uh, between uh, uh, Karan Allen, who has uh, worked alongside the Barons for many years and is looking to uh, continue building on what they've created, uh, versus Nikki Lucas, who is the official choice of the Brooklyn uh, Democratic Party. And um, so we're excited to hear more about this uh, uh, this race out in East New York. Uh, Karan Allen, welcome to WBAI. John, Amber, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm very, very excited to be here. Um, let, let, let's get right into it. You want me to? How you yeah, let, let's tell us a tell us a little bit more about the political history of Assembly District 60 and why why you see this race as being so important. Um, so, at, at, as you've already said, my name is Karan Allen. I'm a candidate for New York State Assembly in the 60th Assembly District. Uh, which encompasses the majority of East New York, a small piece of Brownsville, a small piece of Canarsie, and all of Starrett City. Uh, historically, the East has been independent. <laughs> For your independent news hour. Right on. The East has been independent, and it's been independent since uh, 2001 when uh, Council Member Charles Barron first won and, and beat back the machine um, out in East Brooklyn. Um, and when you think about it from 2001 all the way to 2022, um, here we are at a very, very critical juncture in terms of a transition. Um, and for those of you who may not be hip and up on it, the machine is basically the Democratic Party machine um, that puts uh, profits over people, human greed over human need. Uh, they're the ones where their campaign coffers are aligned with real estate and a bunch of special interests um, and not your interests are, are, are going to be put first. Um, so that's that's what we've been traditionally up against. And historically, uh, Council Member Charles Barron has uh, always had an opponent in any race that he's had. Um, they've li- they've all been the picks of the county and they've all lost. Um, the, most of these folks, if not all of them, all they're known for is running against the barons. And when I say barons, you were also talking about council member, former council member, now former council member, Inez Barron, um, who've essentially held down local politics on the city and state level in the neighborhood, uh, keeping East New York independent and away from special interests and really putting the people first. Can you talk a little bit more about what you see as the accomplishments of, of the Barons over the last 20 years and the larger movement that they've built up that you've also uh, participated in? Absolutely. So um, 
we of course don't want to get into uh, just personnel and personalities. Um, both uh, former assembly member Charles Barron and, and former council member Inez Barron uh, were put into office by the people. What I mean by that, um, there is a local organization out in East New York called Operation Power, people organizing and working for empowerment and respect. That's the acronym POWER. Um, and those people are local community stakeholders. We're talking about block association reps, uh, tenant associations, real people doing real things um, that corralled around uh, their candidacy and, and put together political infrastructure um, that would not only educate, but somewhat liberate, you know, get the community away from the machine and really look at, you know, what were the needs. Um, when we think about 2001 to now, gentrification is, is, is by far, and, and housing is like number one in terms of what the trajectory of the community could have been and what it has actually been realized. And when we think about Assembly District 60, um, beating back gentrification is not something that a lot of local elected officials can brag about, but that's exactly what these local electeds can brag about. Reason being, Within the confines of the 60th Assembly District, um, it has remained Black. And Black, in terms of the folks that live in the neighborhood that have been here traditionally, have not been pushed out. When we think about gentrification, it is um, the, the folks within our circle, we call it ethnic cleansing. You know, the, the, the community is literally stripped of what has traditionally been and, and has existed. So true, true affordable housing, affordable to the local population. Um, when we think about East New York, the local population, the area median income, neighborhood AMI is just over $34,000. It's not a lot of money. Um, and for the folks that have lived in the neighborhood, when new developments go up, they can't see themselves in it because their affordability is usually 130% of the AMI or or some just outrageous where, where folks can't afford to live in these spaces and places. And because um, the city council seat was held by Charles Barron, Inez Barron, uh, developers have to come to their office to get their approval so that they would get support on a project. The only way you're going to get a project with a, a Barron in front of you is if the project is properly funded towards the people. So beating back gentrification is by far like number one um, the, the local talking point that I, I can I can pivot in terms of what they've been able to do. Others, oh, so and others, ahead. you know, when we think about um, our local parks and playgrounds, um, when elected officials were neglecting to truly fund uh, parks and playgrounds, they be, have been able to secure, allocate, and um, yeah, secure and allocate over seventy million dollars towards parks and playgrounds. Um, the crown jewel being Sonny Carson, some folks will know it as Linden and Gersh Park. That basically became a health hub throughout the pandemic where folks were coming in from all over to use the track, to use um, the outdoor fitness equipment, to use all of the facilities that were funded in part by their work. And then, you know, there is a, a, a cultural representation that cannot be missed um, besides the buildings of uh, I think it's now three or four $80 million schools that have been radically transformed, uh, East New York Family Academy and a few others. Um, but the, the cultural representation in a community like ours where uh, there's an African burial ground um, that has 
completely well is is in the process of being transfer transformed over uh to culturally represent the community uh the park has been renamed from a cultural standpoint removing the slaveholder name skank playground and changing it to sankofa um and all of this is a part of their their collective work and there's there's more i can Run tell down, us, but, Ron, I'm sure there's more you can tell us, but we'd <laughs> like to know how you plan to continue that legacy um, and what you'd like to address if, if you go to Albany. What would you like to continue, change anything? Absolutely. So um, first and foremost, we've already pitched how, how this is stacking up. You know, it's the, the grassroots versus the machine. That, that, that's what it is. Um, and due to the fact that uh, Mr. Barron has been in Albany for the past eight years and, and previously held by council, um, Assemblywoman Inez Barron, there's been a radical voice in the state legislature for over 10 plus years in our community. That radical voice has had a, had, had a hand in carving out what would be real wins for, local, for, for the local uh, community. Whether it's um, you know getting cameras in, in the NYCHA developments or the Dr. Martin Luther King Scholarship, uh, being able to support uh, folks's uh, students' non non um, tuition costs, you know when I make it to Albany, my my hope is to continue to be a radical voice in the state legislature, but also passing radical policy that makes a difference in the lives of of, of community members. One being single payer. And making sure that everybody has access to healthcare. You know, while the assemblyman was the assemblyman, um, I worked at the local community board and we held a bunch of forums around, um, particular issues that we would like to see pass. Single payer being one of them, having all of the seniors that we could, um, muster. This is when, uh, this is pre COVID, uh, when, when folks could just gather in a room and, and, and we could have them really, you know, take in uh, the, the, the educational, the political education that we were trying to promote. So that, of course, being one universal, um, child, uh, child care. I'm, I'm a father to a five year old. You know, from the time you, you, you have a child, it, it becomes very, very expensive, um, for them to be taken care of. Um, and the expensive keep, the, the expenses keep coming. I, I think, uh, the parents, uh, that are on the call laugh. At that, but it is it is a very serious thing. It could be, it could be our, our, our next guest has a small child just a little bit younger than than your child. So, ah, yeah. So th- this has been a, an entire ordeal. Um, you know, so th- that being another, you know, wanting to make sure that if uh, my son and and other community members choose to go to higher education, that it's it's free for them, free like it used to be. Uh, we're talking about CUNY and SUNY. These are some of the things that. We want to make sure to advocate for and to realize um, and in the state legislature, of course, you have a, a bully pulpit to make sure that affordable housing is truly affordable. And on the, the state hasn't done enough to make sure that community land trusts are a part of the fabric of creating uh, true affordable housing. So these are just some of the things that I want to make sure to realize in keeping the radical voice in the state legislature and not just uh, switch up. Uh, subsidies that were given away to uh, developers for many, many years, um, but really switch the subsidies to the people um, where it should be and to right. really support um, all, all working class uh, folks of the state. 
Right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to a, a, a clip of Charles Barron uh, speaking in a, in a moment. Um, uh, now, one thing that's interesting when he went to Albany eight years ago, he was the only self declared socialist in, in the state legislature. We've had a, a, a number of Democratic socialists uh, elected uh, six uh, now in Albany. Um, uh, uh, do you envision uh, uh, being able to uh, work with the, the the other socialists that are that are up there? I mean, uh, uh, Charles Barron was sometimes known as a somewhat uh, iconoclastic figure. Yeah, I, well, I, I would say that he was also able to work with with, with some folks as well. Um, and I foresee myself working pretty pretty well with uh, the the socialists that are already upstate, um, advocating for some of these same policies that that would make a, a the difference um, in whether people are just surviving or thriving. Great, and um, yeah, so uh, we we have a clip here from when uh, Charles Barron was in his first term in the assembly in 2015 from an interview he did with uh, Brooklyn 45 uh, television channel. Uh, giving his uh, take on on gentrification and its uh, causes, um, we're, we're going to take a listen, and then you know, I invite your uh, your thoughts as well. Gentry, they should call it regentrification. They want to come back. Remember that time when they gave us the inner cities? They said y'all could have Brooklyn, you could have Harlem. We go on to Long Island. We go into the suburbs. And then when the economic crises came and they began to have difficulties getting to their business and paying all of that oil, gas, and all of the stuff to get to their business, now they want to come back. So it's really regentrification. And the way they do it is through housing policies. Integration and diversity, those are, those are trigger words for white people wanting to come back and control our neighborhoods after we built them up and after we have them and held them down during hard times. Now they want to come back and talk about gentry. Let's not forget that. The elites, the upper class wants the neighborhoods back. Karan Allen? Yep. <laughs> you, you want reaction? Any, any additional uh, thoughts? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, so context. In 2015, there was a rezoning plan for East New York. East New York was number one in de Blasio's, um, you know, mm, list right. of neighborhoods. Um, and the East New York is, is massive, just so everybody has context. The portion of East New York that had the most amount of land for um, where, the, where the plan was going to fall is actually just outside of the boundary of the 60th Assembly District and the 42nd Council District, where both Mr. and Mrs. Barron are worthy local leaders. So the community board, which is where I work, and at the time I was a board member, we had all voted it down. So there was so much conversation, so much education happening within the community. Everybody uh, was against this because it was clear that this was a gentrification plan, that they were um, shopping around with a bunch of frills and you know, we're going to do your parks, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, but it's really not really going to be done for us. The plan was voted down, so that's some context on that particular clip and um, why Mr. Barron had, had taken the position that, that he did. Um, when we voted the, the plan down, unfortunately, the council member, Council Member Espinal, uh, voted the plan up and the plan still passed. Right. Um, so that 
gentrification plan, although it falls within, um, you know, the, the neighboring district, it was, um, you know, it, it was affecting all of us. Right. Putting it plain. Right. And we, we have to wrap up here in a sec. But uh, uh, with, with your election, the election day is on February 15th, two weeks from today. And, and I believe early voting runs from February 5th through the 13th. Correct. Correct. You got it right. And, and then um, just real quickly, there, you're probably going to be running two elections because uh, you have this special election um, to fill the vacant seat for the rest of the of the term of, of this year. But there's a Democratic primary in June to choose the person who will uh, hold the seat going forward uh, starting in 2023. So um, I guess you're uh, you got a bit of a marathon here. And it is a good thing that I am a runner um, just this past Sunday. Uh, we paid homage to we as in black men run New York City. We pay homage to Ted Corbett, um, who is the father of uh, long distance running black man. Uh, we ran 31 miles to his um, old home. Um, but that's it. That's an aside. The special election is February 15th. I will be running on the Working Families Party line. Just got to make sure folks got that clear on the Working Families Party line. The Working Family Man on the Working Families line. Um, so folks need to understand that that election is just for the rest of this year, just for 2022. There is also a primary that we have to gear up for immediately after. I think we, we can only take one week off. And then we have to get right into petitioning uh, to get ready for that primary. So this is a marathon and looking forward to uh, hopefully earning everyone's support all the way through the special to be your assembly member to close out the rest of this year and to also to be your assembly member in the foreseeable future. Okay, well, uh, Karan Allen, thank you so much for joining us this evening on uh, WBAI Radio. Thank you.